and how do we listen to ourselves? Yeah. Sometimes that's really difficult to sit with that once you hear it. So that's how we can really look around us and everything you see will be a reflection of you. The beauty, the ugly. (laughs) It's our own journey can really be, it's so connected to our experience and, and everyone around us and what we see. So in some ways, that's the key. Mm. Enjoy the what you hear and listen to yourself. But yeah. also that listening should inspire you to listen to others. Hi, I'm Biz Cush, a life coach and therapist and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. Hi, I'm Biz Kush, and this is the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited about my guests and conversation today. And I'm excited that we're back here on the podcast. Super excited about season three and the guests lining up. I feel like every day I get an email or a message of someone who wants to be on the podcast. And I know I can only say yes to so many people because otherwise, I would be tied to my recording equipment and my computer every day, all day, 24 hours a day. As it is, releasing an episode every other week can be challenging because it is time-consuming and energy-consuming and takes up financial energy as well. But I love it. I do love doing it. And so I'm excited. Excited about my guest today. Excited about future guests. So let me jump into talking a little bit about how you can find out more about the podcast, about me, about potentially getting free offers and free coaching sessions. So if you sign up for the newsletter at elizabethcushcoaching.com, I occasionally, periodically offer free 90-minute sessions. So if that seems interesting to you, Sign up for my newsletter at elizabethcushcoaching.com forward slash sign up. Today, my guest is Lobsang Shunsum. She is a Buddhist nun, and our conversation ranges into all kinds of philosophical exchanges. I really, really enjoy talking to intelligent, spiritual, wise women. And this conversation was really amazing. So a few of the things that really resonated with me was her saying that as you help others, you're planting the seed by helping someone else for them to help other people, but also for yourself to continue helping people. But the other side of the, you know, the other piece of this was 
sharing her wisdom towards the end of the episode about the importance of pausing, the importance of pausing in our lives, in conversation, listening, being in relationship with other people. Without the pause, we're often just reacting and giving ourselves a chance when we're able to integrate what's coming in, what we're hearing, and also expressing ourselves is really important. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and here's a little bit more about Shunzim. My guest today is the Venerable Labsang Shunzim. She is a Buddhist nun and worldwide teacher of meditation and philosophy in the J. Tsongkhapa, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, Tibetan tradition. She is the founder of Limitless Health Institute, a nonprofit organization that collaborates with other caring organizations in New York City to help people experience the link between their own health and happiness and how they care for others. The Limitless Health Institute workshops she designs and facilitates are used worldwide. Shunsum has been a licensed creative arts therapist for 30 years, specializing in dance movement therapy. She has extensive training in ancient meditation techniques, including a three-year meditation retreat in silence and solitude. Shunsum has degrees in movement therapy from New York University and University of California, Los Angeles and has provided therapeutic services in hospital settings as well as created programs to help substance abusers, incarcerated youth, and families in crisis. And today she and I are talking spirituality, listening, pausing, reflecting, meditation, we cover a lot. It's a beautiful, beautiful conversation. And let's get in there. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Chunzum. Thank you so much for coming on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. I'm really excited to have you. And if you wouldn't mind telling the listeners a little bit about you and the work you do. Is it's really nice to be here with you to just talk about, I guess, the life of a woman who has been on an unusual path, I think, in the Western environment culture. Yeah. I was very interested always in spiritual knowledge at a very young age, you know, growing up as a Catholic. Mm. in a very large Catholic family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we, you know, we went to church and we had our lessons on Sunday. And I was really fascinated by talking about something that maybe is a little mysterious. We didn't know. We didn't seem to have proofs of what is your spiritual practice? What is your belief? And mine might be different than yours. And then I began to wonder, well, what's the difference? Because hmm. I'd have conversations as I got older from my training as a Catholic <laughs> and, yeah. and understanding. I went to Bible study 
Mm-hmm. I would write essays on certain <laughs> information that I would understand yeah. from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then as I would explore more, I did find that there were so many different points of views. And I explored and journeyed and found Buddhism mm-hmm. early in life and then back again later in life. Okay. Yeah. So at that point, I wanted to study more. I'm, I'm older now, not as a seven-year-old taking her communion. Mm-hmm. In church mm-hmm. wonderful yeah. experiences and i began to study and in buddhism there's over 300,000 texts of commentaries on the sutras of buddha shakyamuni and it was extraordinary to dive deep into the knowledge of spirituality which is something often only experienced and it's very hard to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like you, at least just from reading your bio, that you are a learner, that you like to learn <laughs> and that you you have graduate degrees in movement therapy and and have been doing that work, but also... I mean, you. It says you went on a, a three-year meditation silent retreat. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a very old tradition in some of the Buddhist lineages. Mm. Three years, three months, three days. <laughs> wow! Wow! In silence and meditation and. It is a wonderful way to take the time to contemplate, actually, all the university studies that I did have from mm-hmm. before that point, yeah. through the monastery, as well as through college, American Western College. Right. And to contemplate what you have learned enough so that when you're not in retreat, or in that state of uh, trying to understand what you have learned and how it affects your life of who you are, Mm -hmm. then you could put it into practice and make it applicable to your life, to the lives of others. Yeah. And we need the balance of both to take that contemplation into action. Hmm. If we just keep moving on action without that reflection, then it's sometimes difficult to make the changes that we would like to make or to make the effect on my life or the world's life or my family, you know. So we need that kind of introspective time in meditation. And good training in meditation will I would say speed up the process. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. You need the training to yeah. do such a long retreat of three years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that I could do that at three years, of, but, but I don't have the training, right? You know, so it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> For 10 years, I did one month in the summer mm. and one month in the winter. Okay. So twice a year. I was able to do that while I was creating Limitless Health Institute. 
which uh, as a dance movement therapist with other creative arts therapists, we got together to create this nonprofit organization so that we could develop the type of programs and deliver them to people without all the, let's say, we bring it to a hospital rather than us working in the hospital and having to be bound by their what they wanted to give to their clients because mm. we all came from this environment working as a creative arts therapist in city hospitals, state hospitals. and So you knew what children. it was like. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wanted to just create a organization that brought us all together to deliver these programs, but with higher quality, mm. you know, and also being able to use the extent of your training. Yeah. Often in the, when you work in an organization, you know, you don't have the opportunity to use all the skills that you have. And yeah. one of the things I wanted to bring to Limitless Health Institute is professionals so they could have that venue to apply what they learn mm. and teach others. Wow. <laughs> wow. And how I've worked in a hospital setting before mm-hmm. as a crisis counselor, and I know, mm-hmm. you know, you do follow the hospital rules of how things are done, right? The documentation mm-hmm. as well as just yeah, how you are in the setting. Which is good. I mean, it's needed. But it has its boundaries. Yes, yes, yes. And how are you seeing this as different in terms of, are you well-received coming into the hospitals? Like, is this something that you're in partnership with them? I'm curious. We are in partnership with hospitals, schools, community centers, elder facilities. And one thing is they are really receptive because now we are managing and we are organizing and et cetera, structuring the program. So they are now relieved of those responsibilities. Yeah. So yeah. then they are more receptive to what you're bringing in. Now, of course, we also, within the partnership, they it is their clients. They have responsibilities. They still have to do their documentation as well we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and, and so on. So yeah. it actually is supported to the hospitals, the community centers, the schools, et cetera, because we're kind of, I don't know why the word alleviating some of their stressors and stuff to have to produce this program. Yeah. We are now in some of uh, the schools doing, working with after school programs. Wow. Wow. And you know, there's a, there's a, I don't know, I'm hearing there's a lot of teachers that are not going back. Uh, You know, coming September, there's there's a lot going on in people's lives. Yes. And maybe people are considering switching careers at this time. It seems very popular. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it does. So for us to bring a nice Song Connects Us program or a Platform of Peace program, which allows the youth to express what they're going through in their life with drama therapy or with dance. Mm. and then the school is happy. <laughs> they just I, have to help us coordinate and take care of the youth throughout the yeah, yeah, 
And then they come in, they, they join our classes. So it's also fun for them. Yeah. It gives them some time to also be with the students in a different way. Ah, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes total mm-hmm. sense. I find just the creative therapies are such a beautiful addition or compliment or even just on their own versus just talk therapy or yeah, mm-hmm. more cerebral, getting your body, getting your creative creativity involved in the healing process can be amazing. It's the unexpressive. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, that you cannot express through words. Words have their place. Mm-hmm. And we do think in a different way when we're uh, speaking. Yeah. The process is very different. Mm-hmm. And so any of the non, it's a pretty much nonverbal therapy you can consider uh, the time spent in that is very valuable. Of course, it's important to process and talk about it mm-hmm. at certain points because that's how we are so used to. <laughs> yeah, it kind of until, helps us integrate it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you're able to, like as a dancer, I could do my own movement practice and process some of the stuff I'm going through personally. Yeah. On any given day. And I can, I know how to move through it. I may not now have to really talk about what I experience because I am used to processing in that way, mm-hmm. such as with art or music. But as you're learning to use that creative energy, to evolve you, <laughs> you need to use what you're used to. And that's talking, talk, talk, talk. We talk, we talk, we talk. Until we can kind of, and that's sort of understanding how you can possibly live in silence for three years. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much going on. And when we silence, we hear so much more. And it's so true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I used to always walk with, I walk for exercise often and I would always walk with headphones and music and just, and that's fun too, because it's kind of, you know, you hear the fun (laughs) music, but I don't know how long ago it was, maybe three years ago, I decided to just walk with nothing to just listen. And sometimes I'm listening to myself, (laughs) what's going Mm -hmm. on in my (laughs) head. But today I was walking and I was on a bike path. So I was very mindful of bike riders coming up behind me. But I was like, I was listening and I was like, what, what is that sound? Like, is it I'm near the ocean? So I was like, was it ocean? Is it a bike coming up behind me? And then I realized it was the wind in these pine trees that I was walking by. And it was just such a, I don't know. It was just so beautiful to be able to hear it and go, oh, yeah. I know that sound. Yeah. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what it also then gives us the, it kind of trains your mind, uh, for lack of a better word <laughs> right now, to a discipline your mind, I mean, right? Yeah. Or a habit to then listen well to others. Yes. Yes. Which is. And that's, that's where you take a skill of your own meditation or your own 
walking meditation like you just described mm -hmm. and then apply it to helping others. Yeah. And that's the value of it. Mm. It's sort of limited when we only get to enjoy that ourselves. <laughs> that's so true. So, mm, so once we understand the and experience something like that, like you just did, then it will help you to listen to others. And then you can also share that experience. Yes. And maybe it also helps them just within that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It, it is so many ways that our own personal experiences can make a big difference in our lives, the lives of others. And yeah, because that's where it all comes from is, is me, <laughs> you know, in, in it is my world that I have created experienced. Yeah. Well, and, and you're the limitless health mission. I mean, at least some of it, the stated mission is that we really have to take care of ourselves to be better at taking care of others, right? Like that our health, <laughs> both mental and physical, helps us support the health of others. That makes sense. Yes. Be better helpers in, with others. Yeah, there's so many levels to that as well. You know, and how that really, how does that really work is what's is interesting. And let's say it's a, a a time when I'm not feeling so well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't know how to care for ourselves. So, so we still, it doesn't necessarily mean that we then can't enjoy helping somebody else at that time. And sometimes that's a unusual comfort at the time, depending, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm not feeling so well. So then I, I reach out to somebody else who's not feeling so well. And I'm just saying it in a general sense. You could yeah. focus like oh, somebody who's struggling with uh, stress or if somebody is struggling with a uh, family situation. So then you could find someone who's similarly <laughs> um, yeah. struggling like you yeah. and that day. And, and you talk to them or whatever, just share an experience, maybe just take a walk. To listen to the pine trees, yeah, yeah. and not talk, right, right. <laughs> Whatever it may be that you want to reach out and how you want to help them. Yeah. Now you have this image in your mind of somebody helping somebody, and guess what? It was you helping somebody else, yeah. and they received it. So as long as soon as they receive it, you have this impression in your mind, and it like. It stays there like, oh, somebody received my help or help doesn't even have to be my. Yeah. And now you have an image in your mind, an impression of help coming to you. Hmm. It will come. You can't stop it. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It's already in play. But the moment you, you planted the seed. Oh, interesting. By helping somebody else. Yeah. And then kind of like it will come back to you because you have this image impression in your mind of people helping people. Hmm. I find sometimes that women have a hard time asking for help or receiving help sometimes that there's this perception of needing to push through or that there'd be a burden of putting something on someone else when in need of help. And 
that vulnerability of actually asking, putting yourself out there to say, uh, I'm struggling and I have some help. That's, that can be terrifying, <laughs> I think, for some yes, people. Yes, it can. <laughs> yeah. And you know, sometimes you don't even have to tell your friend or whoever you're helping that you're struggling the same. <laughs> this is true. This is true. If you want to keep it on a, because you could do it to some, a stranger. Yeah. You're feeling anxious one day, you know, and, and, or maybe you're not feeling anxious, but you know that you have that tendency to get anxious in a crowd. Mm. And then maybe one day when you're feeling stronger and you're in a crowd and you see somebody who, who's anxious or something. Yeah. Uh, because you will see it because you experience it. You will see it. <laughs> and then maybe at that moment you can comfort them and yeah. just, you know, like, guide them, uh, turn right at the next corner. Maybe they're anxious about directions. Right. Yeah. And then, then you start seeing people help people when they're anxious and also that it's okay for someone to see you needing help. Yeah. It's okay. If you start acknowledging when others need help, now you might come across somebody who says, ah, leave me alone or something, you know. <laughs> Because that's what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. But yeah. But I think sometimes even just the offer of help feels good to the helper, you know? Like Mm. that, you know, if you do see someone struggling, I'm trying to think of an example in my own life. Yeah, maybe someone looking like they need directions to go somewhere and you know where you are, you're familiar with the town or whatever. And you just say, Hey, do you need a hand? Do you need some help? That feels good. Even if they're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Because you don't know who to ask sometimes, even in that situation, especially. Right. Yeah. You know, you may be nervous who to ask in a, in a foreign city. So, I mean, I live in New York City. So we, we often see, you know, someone standing at a corner with a map in hand or, Absolutely. you know, their phone trying to navigate which way to work. Exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they're nervous. Some of the, the, the streets are, you know, each neighborhood's different around here. <laughs> that is so true. Right. Is it safe to ask someone for, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll tell me to go this way where, where their friends are waiting to, uh, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So many things come into play in our minds about what could be, what could go wrong if we ask for help. (laughs) Yeah. Or because we're already in a state of not, something's not right. So it's hard to see that something could go right. Yeah. If you're in a, if you really need help and you're struggling, you don't see that solution at the moment. And often what's difficult, I think, for all of us, I mean, even with the knowledge of when I'm even seeing myself or experiencing myself in the moment, I'm actually, as the watcher, I'm watching myself in the past. Mm. I watch it as it happened. It's like a millisecond. It's so finite that we don't even notice. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of our past experiences <laughs> impacting how we're, yeah. 
yeah, what's coming at the moment. So I can't even really affect the moment. It's very difficult to take an action in the moment that affects what's already coming out of the seeds in our in our mind. They're already opening. So you, how to we could we talk, like stick a, a a stick in the spoke of a wheel, mm. you know, to stop the wheel from turning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, sometimes that accidentally happens on a bicycle right? in, <laughs> in the woods when you're biking. Yes. And it stops. So what is the thing that you could stick in the wheel to stop it from cycling is kind of the understanding that, wow, what I do in the moment may not affect it like I think I will. This is coming from something. It's in cycle already. What do I do then? Yeah. What do I do? And the response is super important. Mm. So that's why sometimes we can pause and say, oh, what should I respond to right now? Yeah. What, what do I need? even for myself you know you could pause and say what's best for me right now in this response to what's happening around me that's very difficult situation maybe it's people yelling or or something do I yell back well I don't know then it's gone then they're going to yell again and it's going to be a cycle of yelling (laughs) right so maybe I could take some silence and walk away (laughs) if that's all I can do Right, right. If I can't think of something better to say <laughs> than yelling back. Right, right. Well, and I think pausing, I think a meditation practice, at least for me, has helped me learn when it's important to pause or even just pausing in general, like, mm. because mm. so much is so automatic and the past impacting today or even just where your mind is impacting how you're feeling. To be able to be more present and ask yourself, yeah, what are my choices? What are the options? What can I do differently? And what's really happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. To be able to assess the situation quickly as well. Yeah. You know, there's there's only a few times when we really can't pause. And we all know that, you know? Yeah. The the kid's ready to touch the fire. There's no thinking. There's no pause. Absolutely. (laughs) when somebody's life is in danger, even your own. Yeah. So besides those, let's think, you know, there, there really isn't too many situations where you couldn't contemplate what kind of action to take, but then you want to develop the habit of that action coming. So, mm. because it's not easy to pause. That, no. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not correct. <laughs> that is true. And patience. Oh, because that requires patience. It does. It does. And so it just make it fun. That's the best thing to do is to make it fun. You're in a situation as much as you could say, well, what would be the best response? You know, like <laughs> make it fun for you, not so struggling, you know, mm. because otherwise it's too difficult. Yeah. Yeah. You could walk away from an argument. You could change an argument into a funny thing at any point. Well, it's funny because oftentimes in my work with clients in therapy or even in coaching, like when oftentimes it's in a relationship conflict, like they're so sort of tied to, I don't know, whether it's the outcome or the argument or whatever. And I'm like, but what if you brought in a little playfulness? Like, what if we brought in some 
some lightness to this that would just diffuse the intensity of it and bring like some joining versus blowing apart. Yeah. Not only that, take both sides of those, the the fun part, like you're saying, take some joy in it, or even the intense conversation. Mm-hmm. And to recognize neither are really going to make an effect in the moment. So you might as well have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not going to really change. You have to plant the seeds for what you want. I can't sit here and say, honey, I want this. I want this. I want that. You can't just sit there and and expect something to come. We have to plant the seeds. And usually when it comes in relationships, then I must be acting the way that I want them to act. I must have those qualities that I want in others. Like I must seek them. Like mm. usually that's some of the conflicts in relationships. Oh, why aren't we like this? Why aren't we doing that? Da, 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 da. Mm. We have to do it ourselves in order to then plant the seed to see others doing them as well. Yeah. It's otherwise impossible. So you could talk, talk, talk. So you talk, talk, talk. And there's nothing that does nothing in a sense, but develop your ability to possibly debate it does. And that's, that could be, if you know, learn how to debate well, it could be very uh, functional to have these conversations with your partner. If you learn the rules of debate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, In the yes. monastery, we have, uh, it's very popular to learn something and then you go to the debate ground to argue about it oh, and come to the truth. Mm. Yeah. Not argue, but, you know, like debate about it. Like, yeah. no, it doesn't mean that. And then you have to prove in another definition, well, it does say that here. Hmm. And then you continue, but you always have uh, something that's backing up your argument. Yeah. Yeah. And if we could learn how to do that in our relationships, that would be really cool. <laughs> and politics. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I have not tried not to go. <laughs> yeah. It's yes, enough for talking a bit about religion here. <laughs> yes. 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 I hear you. I do. I do. And so I have so much enjoyed our conversation. And I guess I'm wondering if there is something that some personal wisdom of your own that you have or gathered throughout your life that you feel would be important to share with the listeners today? What might that be? I guess we were talking a lot about listening Mm. and how do we listen to ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes that's really difficult to sit with that once you hear it. Yeah. And So that's how we can really look around us and everything you see will be a reflection of you. The beauty, the ugly. (laughs) So it's our own journey can really be, it's so connected to our experience and and everyone around us and what we see. So in some ways, that's the key. Mm. Enjoy what you hear and listen to yourself. 
but yeah. also that listening should inspire you to listen to others. And that's the only way we can move mm -hmm. in our own lives is to move with the, in relation to the lives of others by helping them also go yeah. through these journeys that you want to go through. Mm. Yeah, I feel like in some ways listening has become a lost skill, <laughs> both to ourselves and to others, right? We're so tied up with either, you know, what's on our phone or what might be coming or, but even to that pausing, like listening to yourself too, we're so busy and on and on. That's beautiful. I love that that's what you shared. Thank you. Thank you for inspiring this conversation. And really great. So if people wanted to know more about the Limitless Health Institute or, or you, how would they find you? Our Instagram is limitless.health.institute. Okay. <laughs> and website, limitlesshealthinstitute.org. Awesome. And there you can find ways to contact us. You can see our programs. We have a lot of videos. Yesterday, we just did a music video release with one of our program participants. Oh, uh, how 15 fun. years old. And we've been working on this project for a while. It was very exciting. So we do a lot of creative programs. And mm. you can take a look there. And maybe, we, maybe you want to collaborate with us. And that's really cool. Reach out. We love nice. working together with people. Awesome. That's amazing. So I will share all that information in the show notes for the episode. And Shunzum, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. And thank you, Biz, and really enjoyed talking with you. I really enjoyed that conversation with Shunzum, and I hope you did too. I think my favorite part of all we talked about was listening. I know that I've had other guests on the podcast to talk about listening and how important it is. And to me, my meditation practice not only has helped me learn to listen to myself, to learn to pause to learn to pay attention to what's happening in the moment. It's also helped me listen to others, to pause and stop and actually listen to what's being said. I would also say the podcast has really helped me with that as well, because I think the best interviews that happen, happen because if I'm listening truly listening to what they're sharing, that helps me ask the questions I need to ask in order to bring forth a wonderful interview, a beautiful conversation that flows and feels natural and that I truly enjoy. So I hope that you enjoyed this conversation as well. And I'm always open to feedback. And you can reach out to me at elizabethcushcoaching.com. And there is a contact button that you can send any feedback on the episode or share your thoughts on social media, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you see the 
promotions for this episode. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler, and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.